Welcome to episode 199 of the Various Sundry Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Harmon, joined live in our virtual studio by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who is living his best life now, <laughs> John Scott Sloat. Doc, what's going on? So we're actually recording uh, via Zoom, and we are recording on the day this episode drops, because you're such a busy man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on the road right now, I'm in uh, uh, I'm in Ruskin, Florida. If you've heard of Ruskin, Florida, <laughs> no, I have not heard of Ruskin, Florida. South of Tampa, um, headed down. I'll. I think I go to bed tonight in like Punta Gorda, Florida, okay. uh, which I'm sure you've heard of. There's a direct flight from Fort Wayne to Punta Gorda. Really? Then, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like every other day or something like that. And then uh, and then I'll go into Naples and then fly home. Okay. So uh, your parents used to live in the Tampa area. Yeah, in Tampa. They used to live in Tampa. Yeah. So they had a Tampa address for a time. Uh, they no longer live there, and I, right. I'm I'm not going to Tampa Bay. So, do they miss living in Florida in Tampa? I think right about now, where it's <laughs> yes. starting to it's starting to cool off. You know, it's starting to yeah, starting so, to feel. I mean, cold. today today is like mid seventies here. Yep, yep. So last gasp of 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 late late summer early fall, last yep. gasp. Yep. Um, so I think right now, I think right now they're getting ready to miss it here in the next probably four to five months. They'll miss Florida. Yeah. So we are at episode 199. Let's do the little bumper here. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at VNS pod. You can email the show various and sundry podcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, and we would love for you to leave us a review and a five star rating. And we are excited about episode 200 coming up the very next episode. So next we week. Have, that's right. That's right. We have a, we have, uh, a very special episode planned for yep. that. It's coming. Yeah. We were just talking about it in a we high-level meeting. Yes. Uh, something, something will happen on that podcast that has never happened before in the history of the various and sundry podcasts. Yeah. Looking forward we're go- to it. Should we're going be big. We're going big, <laughs> going big. So, um, and also, uh, we'll tease this. We have a new podcast logo that will date. Yeah. We just, uh, got that finalized. What yesterday, Monday. Yeah. Yep. This weekend. Yeah. So, uh, we, uh, we are grateful for, uh, there's a woman in our, uh, small group at church who is capable of doing that sort of thing. And so we thought, you know, for episode 200, it's probably time to do a little bit of a refresh, a little, a little updating of the, uh, of the podcast logo. And I, I like it. I like it. It looks nice. It's different for sure. It is. It is. So that's something to look forward to, uh, as well as, as I said, something that has never happened in the history of the various and sundry podcast. On multiple levels, this this will be groundbreaking on multiple levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm worried about saying anything in in order to. I'm afraid I'd spoil it. No, I, yeah, absolutely. So, 
Um, you don't want to miss that. But uh, you ready to talk some sports here, John? Sure. So a busy weekend in the world of sports. October is always a big uh, sports month. Uh, how about we start with some college football? Sounds good. Uh, obviously, my interest lies with Ohio State, and they managed to uh, beat Penn State 20-12. to 12. Um, Did you watch any of this game? No, no. Okay. Uh, Ohio State's defense... Uh, played very well. Very pleased with that. Their uh, their offense kind of sputtered. Hmm. Um, but Marvin Harrison Jr., the clear best wide receiver in college football, uh, who will likely be at a minimum a top 10 pick, perhaps a top 5 pick in next year's NFL draft. Uh, he had 11 catches for like 160 yards and a touchdown. And somebody actually went back and watched the film and said he could have easily had 20 catches. He was open a lot, <laughs> um, which was funny because Penn State had this uh, like sophomore cornerback, I think, who talked a ton of smack in the week leading up to it. Like, I'm going to make him look like a sixth round choice and got absolutely worked. So now do you feel better about Ohio State's prospects after the last two weeks i suppose because you were calling purdue a trap game sure uh i feel much better about the defense i think the defense is a legitimate uh top five caliber defense this year okay um offensively we've got a ways to go uh hmm. our, our quarterback needs to grow he's he's improving he's a first year starter um but uh i think he can get there he doesn't have to be as good as cj straub was last year Mm-hmm. It just has to be better than he is now uh, for Ohio State to beat the team up north and uh, and advance into the playoff and, and have a shot. But I feel like this year is pretty wide open uh, in terms of uh, the chase for a national title. I don't think there's – the closest to a dominant team so far has actually been Michigan. Yeah. Um, but they've literally played nobody uh, in terms of that could even be remotely a test. So – you know, by contrast, Ohio State has played two top 10, top 15 teams and beaten them. So, uh, but Michigan has looked the most dominant. However, uh, have you, surely you followed some of this story uh, from Twitter and other sources about the uh, alleged uh, cheating slash scouting scandal at Michigan? Uh, definitely heard of it, but why don't you give me like the Cliff Notes version? So basically there is a rule that the NCAA put in place that you cannot send someone to scout an opponent in person. Which might seem like a, re- a weird rule, right? Yeah, yeah, that but, does seem weird. But basically they, they put this in place back in the 90s to even the playing field, meaning that smaller schools couldn't necessarily afford to be sending Mm. Uh, people to scout games in advance. And with the availability of, you know, film and all that sort of stuff, like, is it really necessary? Well, apparently what Michigan has been doing has been uh, sending or uh, sending one of their staff members to games of teams they will be playing that year, later that year. And that's that's a minor violation, probably. Okay. Sure. 
But the big deal is that apparently he has been filming the sidelines of the teams in an attempt to decipher their signals hmm. so that they know what plays are coming. And um, <clears throat> if that's the case, uh, then this blows up to a much, much bigger kind of scandal. Hmm. Um, and apparently there's evidence that he he's bought tickets for over 30 games in the past, like three years, um, including he apparently actually had before this broke, he had tickets for the Ohio State Penn State game at the one for himself and one for somebody else, one on each side of the field and at about the 45 yard line with a perfect view towards the sidelines of the opponents. <laughs> And so apparently there's also surveillance footage from one of these Big Ten stadiums this year of him sitting or someone sitting in his seat holding up their iPhone and like keeping it fixed on the sidelines. And then there's there are these pictures emerging of this same staffer on the sidelines during Michigan during Michigan, Ohio State from last year. And he's holding this laminated sheet. And they zoomed in and it looks like the sheet he has is like this diagram of the different symbols. And he's mm. like right next to the offensive and defensive coordinators on the sidelines. So when the story broke, all these people are like, oh, he's a low-level staffer. Harbaugh probably barely even knows his name kind of thing. Like, hmm, interesting that this low-level staffer is standing right next to the offensive and defensive coordinator during the biggest game of the year and talking to him regularly. That doesn't sound like a low-level staffer to me. Hmm, so interesting. It's it, it's it's quite fascinating. Um, and, and I'll move on, but I, I want to say this. I think part of what Ohio State fans enjoy most about watching this is that all through like the 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 decade and a half to two two decades that Ohio State dominated the series, all the Michigan fans all of them. Many Michigan fans were basically saying, well, the only reason Ohio State's went beating us is they're cheating and we refuse to cheat because we're better than them. We're we're morally superior. We do it the Michigan way. And it just so happens that apparently they started doing this two and a half years ago, which is exactly when Michigan turned their football program around. Hmm. And their only loss last year was to TCU in the college football playoff, a team that they did not and could not scout in advance by sending, because they didn't know they were going to play them. Yeah. So hmm. curious. Yeah. You know? Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. We'll see so, how the investigation goes. We will. We will. Uh, let's move on to the NFL. Okay. Uh, your Jets were undefeated this weekend. Yes, this is the third week in a <laughs> row they have not lost. Yes. So um, did you watch any football in light of that? So I had a plane flight late uh, Sunday night, and so I was able to watch the whole Eagles-Dolphins game Okay, uh, on the flight. And uh, it was fun to watch the Dolphins get beat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I, that helps your Jets in the NFC East. Uh, AFC. So, 
Yes, it was also good. Uh, I mean, the Patriots beating the Bills was a shocker. I think that I think the Bills I think the Bills may be a bit of a paper tiger um, compared to who they maybe we thought they were, who they were yeah. going to ascend to sort of this Kansas City Chiefs level group. And I think the Bills are probably not not as good as we thought. I don't think Josh Allen is as good as we thought he was, or they just haven't given Josh Allen the weapons in order to do what he needs to do. Um, maybe. So, uh, yep. So, uh, the other big surprise was the Ravens destroying the lions. I mean, just obliterating. Yeah. I don't understand that. I, I, I mean, the lions have been very good so far this year. Yep. I, I don't know what happened. Also your bears beating the Raiders. Now they're not was... my bears just to clarify. Uh, excuse me. Uh, uh, the Bears that you regularly bring up on this program only beat, because beat the Raiders only because of their quarterback. Um, and Justin Fields is out, so that was their backup. I forget his name. Uh, so yeah, props to them. Yeah, uh, did you catch any of the Browns Colts game? Um, uh, no, although I was in the airport with a lot of Browns fans. Um, so when I was at the, when I was at the airport, I, I made conversation with a lot of people wearing Brown's gear and they were very pleased. They were very pleased coming away with a win. It was a wild game. Absolutely wild. And some, some crazy officiating, like just some like kind of controversial, but yeah, just well, a and, strange game. And Deshaun Watson came out after like a few pass attempts, right? I mean, he was out pretty early. Uh, I think he played a little bit into the into the second quarter so a little bit longer than that but he got he got hit and they decided ah we don't want to take any more chances with him well they you know i think on the broadcast my understanding of it is is they kind of pitched it as he might be hurt he might be you know he might be out um and then after the game he made comments made it made it sound like he got benched uh by the browns oh i didn't hear that i don't know it'd be worth it'd be worth it to go listen to that press conference because it was it was just weird. Like, so what happened exactly? Were you hurt or did you get benched? Because yeah. those are two very different things. Um, so yeah, well, maybe maybe uh, maybe Nate from Ohio can uh, enlighten us. Yeah, he probably will, since he he texted after texted us after last week's discussion of the Browns Niners game, um, accusing me. Yeah, accusing, accusing you me of uh, basically uh, trashing. The, the the great city of Cleveland. Yeah, I remember when you were making those comments. I went, mm, Nate's not going to be happy with that comment. Yeah, I mean he's a he's he's normally a very very objective person, <laughs> but, but I think his bias uh, bled into his uh, his perception of what I said. So, mm. we'll see how he feels about that comment. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just baiting him. Um, um, Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, are you? I'm done with. You want to move on to, to baseball? Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, so the Rangers beat the Astros. Speaking of cheating scandals, the uh, Rangers beat the Astros four to three. Yeah, always glad so to see the Astros lose. Always yeah. good. And then Phillies and Diamondbacks play tonight, Game Seven, uh, to advance into the World Series. So, yeah, uh, two good, two good series there. Yeah, though I, I'm sure. I mean, surely you think the league wants the Phillies to win that. 
Absolutely. The, Phil the Philadelphia market is much bigger than the Arizona TV market. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. They want to win. Um, yeah. And the Diamondbacks are kind of a young, exciting team. They're not supposed to be here, you know, so they're, they're kind of a, there's somebody you root for. Yeah. Uh, NBA season starts today. Thoughts on the Knicks? We'll see. Um, I, I'm interested to see if RJ Barrett takes a step this year. It feels like it's time for him to step up and make be, become a star if he's going to become a star. I feel like okay. we've reached that spot. So that's that's what I'm looking for. I we were a playoff team last year. I think we're probably a playoff team again. We're probably a four, five, six seed in the East. So that's that's my expectations and hopes. Gotcha. Yeah. It it feels so early in one sense for the NBA, you know. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it feels yeah. a little buried. It feels a little buried by college football sort of coming to a crescendo. We're in the we're in the middle of the NFL season. Baseball playoffs are are in the thick of it, you know. And yeah, oh yeah, the NBA is starting its regular season this week. Yeah, I really get the sense, and I don't want to read my own experience too much into things, but I, I get the sense a lot of people don't really pay attention to the NBA, even people who like the NBA. Don't pay attention to it until like Christmas or yep. maybe January. It's like, oh, okay, the football season is winding down a little bit. Baseball has been over for a while. Maybe I should start paying attention to the NBA kind of thing. Yeah. Even yeah. with Christmas, you know, they have like what, like six games on. And I think casual fans might tune into that after they've opened their presents and stuffed themselves silly with ham or turkey or whatever they feast on. Yeah, it's and it's all Western Conference teams today. So it's Lakers, Denver, and Phoenix, Golden State are the okay. games today. All right. And maybe I'm in a Midwest media market or an East Coast media market and don't get advertisements for these games, but I just I just haven't heard much about them. I don't feel like I've heard much about them either. So all right, John, you ready to move on? Sure. We are finishing up, concluding our series that we've been doing through Second Peter. And we have been working through the different uh, character qualities that Peter uh, exhorts us to add on to our faith. And we actually are talking about the last two today, uh, since they are so closely related. Uh, so, John, uh, do, you have, do you have uh Second Peter 1 queued up there? Yeah, uh, you want me to start at verse 5 and go to 8? Yep, let's do that. Okay. Uh, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. Uh, for if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we are combining those last two of brotherly affection and love. So uh, let's talk about brotherly affection. What uh, what comes to your mind when you when you, when you think of that? Um, Philadelphia. <laughs> which is a little ironic yes. given just sort of the culture of Philadelphia sports fans, at least. 
uh, and, and residents uh, as well. <laughs> okay, that that was that was John Sloat, ladies and gentlemen. I was going to limit it to the sports fans, but John's just going to throw the whole city under the bus. Absolutely, Philadelphia is a, a tough and tumble town for sure. Okay, spoken like a true New Yorker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no bias there. No, none at all. Um, so even just thinking about these two together, right? You know, he mentions brotherly affection and then love. How, how would you distinguish those two from each other? Why, why, why do you think Paul or Paul, why do you think Peter uh, highlights them individually and, rather than just saying love? Well, uh, first of all, I think it's important for us to point out that uh, the Greek word here for brotherly affection is where we get the town name Philadelphia from. We did yes. not make that exclusive. I think that's uh, that's important, and uh, I I do think these are these are different things. Um, even though they're both Greek words that are translated love in different places, um, the the brotherly affection one has more to do with a sort of interpersonal friendship uh, sort of love uh, and a. Gape, the other word, has more of a uh, self-sacrificial, um, probably probably broader even sense uh, of the word love, uh, of the sense of love. Yeah, I think I think that's probably true. Uh, I, I I would see those two obviously as related, but you know, by by talking about brotherly affection, um, I, I think uh, the emphasis is on love within the body of christ mm -hmm. and love for one's fellow believers and then the second uh re the, the 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 reference to love more generically just transcends it's not just about love for fellow believers but ultimately uh for all people extended beyond the the, the family of god um so uh what uh why do you think why do you think uh, Peter puts the brotherly affection first before the more general reference to love? Is there any significance to that? Do you think? Um, I, th I think love is probably the culmination and sort of the 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 gemstone of this list, uh, mm -hmm. or the cornerstone. Like um, all of it is supposed to be done with love. Um, brotherly affection. I mean, so much of what we've read thus far has been so. Could 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 be read very individualistically, right? Mm -hmm. uh, virtue, knowledge, self control, steadfastness, godliness—all of that could be seen as inward, uh, uh, individualistic. Whereas brotherly affection is outward; it it has to do with uh, caring for and loving for other people, uh, specifically correct, uh, specifically Christians, as you mentioned. Um, and so I, I think that one. Uh, is different from the rest in that regard but love i think is that 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 cornerstone that final that sort of overarching uh virtue that that sort of weaves itself throughout all of them yeah yeah i think that's the case um you know i think too um although there's clearly a sense in which we as believers are called to uh love all people uh Scripture does carve out a sort of particular priority for loving our mm -hmm. brothers and sisters within 
body of Christ. And so you see it, for example, in uh, in Galatians 6, uh, verse 10. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. There's the generic everyone. And especially to those who are of the household of faith. So even there, uh, Paul is sort of saying, well, we're under obligation to do good to everyone, to show love to everyone. But there's a particular responsibility to uh, show love and concern for our fellow believers. Mm -hmm. And I I think in one sense that can be um, that, that. So that shouldn't be in one sense exclusive paul is saying ignore the rest or peter is saying ignore the rest of the world and just you know love on your fellow believers but uh i think there's a prioritization there that you know we live in a world where there's so many possible ways to uh to invest our time our energy our efforts and it seems like part of what paul uh, paul and peter are both saying is there should be a sort of prioritization of love for our fellow believers i remember i remember working uh was i working no i don't think i was working at this church i was uh i think i was a youth group member tell you the truth and i remember talking to the pastor and i remember these kind of kind of two ratty looking guys walk through the doors walk into the pastor's office and ask for money uh and i remember him like kindly but gently turning them away mm-hmm. uh, and sending them on their way and i was asking him like why why did you turn these two people on their way i mean look at these commands of scripture like why, why he goes and he points to this sort of idea this sort of idea that we're talking about that like if they had been members of our church and have been here regularly you know i'm, I'm more likely to help these guys out and he pointed to a family in our church who uh, had been members of our church for a long long time uh, who mismanaged their money, uh, did, did it really poorly and lost their house. And uh, the church did a couple of things. They provided them a place to live. Uh, they enrolled them in uh, a class on financial wellness mm-hmm. uh, and uh, taught them how to how to do things well and help them get back on their feet and and uh, be able to move forward. Um, and I think that's uh, I think that was illustrative for me growing up, you know, this, this sort of idea that there's a priority that comes in our local church setting over and against everybody. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I even think, um, it's, it's always good when, when we talk about the, the concept of love, especially in our contemporary culture, just to, uh, remember that, you know, love is not, uh, first and foremost, a feeling or an emotion. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's essentially a disposition uh, towards seeking what is ultimately best uh, for the other person. And, um, you know, I, I think when we understand it that way, um, it's it, it it gets us past the well, I don't feel like it kind of thing or like mm-hmm. I don't feel any warmth towards that person okay well that doesn't get you off the hook for loving them um and uh the kind of love that uh that is talked about in this passage is the sort of the culminating virtue is uh it's something that extends to really the totality of one's life 
and it's not rooted in the loveliness of the of the object. Mm-hmm. And that's and in that sense, it's certainly um, it, it's a reflection of Christ's own love for us. Uh, God doesn't love us because we're so lovable, so lovely. In fact, we're the opposite. We were rebels by nature against him. And so uh, the fact that he would uh, love us to the extent of offering his own son for us should be a demonstration to us of, well, when, we, when we're called to love people, it, it, it may not be easy. It may be difficult. And it may run against our sort of natural inclinations. Yeah, ab- absolutely. No, I think that's a good word. Um, any other thoughts or uh, uh, well, on this concept of love there, Doc? Well, I mean, I think uh, in one sense, I think you can kind of root what, I mean, obviously when Jesus is asked to summarize what the greatest commandment is, you know, love God, love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in John 13, uh, he says to the disciples where Peter would have been gathered and hearing this, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And so it, it's just striking that Jesus singles this out as this is what I want us to be known by. This is what I want my people to be characterized by. Uh, And that's love, love for one another. Now, here is where I think we have to be careful because, uh, you know, again, our culture has its own definition of love that is that runs counter at times to what the the biblical idea of love is. You know, Uh, you know, things like, you know, you see the uh, as uh, Rebecca McLaughlin put it, as part of the uh, the secular creed, right? Mm-hmm. The, the love is love. Just like, okay, so you know, you're fr- you, you you know that love is this sort of nebulous, undefined thing that no one should be able to question who you love or how you love them or anything like that, or that it's this sort of force that you can't even help yourself that just sort of drags you potentially in directions and um you know biblical love may mean it sometimes means it may often mean telling someone you're wrong this is sinful this is destructive this will lead to disaster stop doing that rather than just sort of being okay with whatever that person wants right yeah yeah it's probably an overused analogy, but you know, no nobody wants nobody wants a doctor who refuses to say, "Here's what's wrong with you, and here's how we fix it," because he's worried that he or she's worried that uh, you might be offended or you might be upset if they say you have this condition, but uh, it can be fixed, it can be treated. But it means you need to change how you live or uh, it might come across as as judgmental. Well, who are you to tell me that I can't eat anything and everything I want? That's so judgmental. Well, okay, But my job is to tell you, if you keep doing that, that's going to cause all sorts of terrible health problems for you. 
and you don't yeah. really you shouldn't really want that. So I think sometimes we we have this misguided notion of love that means we can never say hard things to people or we can never lovingly confront or challenge someone and say, hey, you know, when you said that, that was not kind or that was that that was out of step with with uh, with what God intends, you know, those sorts of things. Um, I'm not saying it's easy, yeah. but, uh, you know, that that kind of love is is necessary for uh, for us to not just be obedient to Christ. But I think ultimately, if you want to take it outside the realm of of even Christianity for human flourishing. You know, to, to be able to say, uh, I care about you too much to not say something about the fact that you're destroying your life by doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then obviously, you know, the model put forward for us, it's Christ's own love for us. And that's what both motivates us and empowers us to, uh, to love in the way that Christ loved us. So any final thoughts on, on that before we move on? No, no, I, I, I think as as usual, you're able to put your finger on something that's true and and press into it a bit there in in a succinct way. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm 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 trying to think through uh, how might we practice saying some of these hard truths to people we do love. You yeah. know how 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 do, how do you cultivate that? How do you how do you do that without uh, without being a jerk? Sure. <laughs> Because uh, I think we all know that guy, right? That that oh, guy yeah. that's just like loves to tell you everything that's wrong with you in the name of love. Yeah. Um, how do you how do you do that? Well, I think oftentimes you you have to in in many contexts you have to build that sort of relational trust that that person knows I'm for you, like I want what's best for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and part of it is just the the attitude in which you you confront someone. You know, is it in a sense of I'm trying to win an argument kind of mentality or uh, I come across as morally superior to you or is it more in the sort of sympathetic? uh, I don't take any joy in saying this, but uh, I'm concerned about you kind of approach Mm -hmm. uh, to identifying those kinds of things. So I I think that's kind of the starting point. I mean, I, I think. You know, there's certainly a a place for being mindful of how we say things, but some people can get, I think, too caught up in, well, I just don't even know how to say something like that, and so I just won't say it. Yeah. Well, it's probably better to to err on the side of saying it, even if you don't get it exactly right, than not saying anything at all. Yeah, yeah, to not be paralyzed by that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well... You ready to press forward? Yes. Time now for this day in sports history. All right. This day in sports history, 1969, October 24th, October 24, uh, 1969. Uh, Pakistani cricketing brother, brothers, Hanif, uh, <laughs> Mas, Mashtak, and Sadiq Muhammad. Different last names for brothers. Uh, start their only test together. Draw one test versus who I assume is New Zealand yeah. in Karachi. 
Yeah. No, no, no big <laughs> comments I on mean, my pronunciation, or is, is I mean, your guess as good as mine here? No, I mean, I think you butchered Mushtaq. Mushtaq? Yeah. I think okay. Hanif Mushtaq and Sadiq Mohammed. They're, they're, all of them have the last name Mohammed. Okay. So they're, they're, they're three brothers there starting together. Oh, there's three brothers. Yes. I thought it was Hanif Mushtaq and Sadiq Muhammad. Okay. No. Three brother. Who? Three brothers. Okay. Well, anyway, 1979. <laughs> Billy Martin punches a marshmallow salesman, uh, puts job in jeopardy. Question, is that the marshmallow salesman's job or Billy Martin's job? I'm assuming it's Billy Martin's job that's okay. in jeopardy for punching a marshmallow salesman. How do you get the job of marshmallow salesman? I don't know. And and I and what and did in, he do to upset Billy Martin so much as a marshmallow salesman? And in what context is Billy Martin even interacting with a marshmallow salesman? Did Billy Martin buy so many marshmallows and then like the price of marshmallows went up and he was so enraged by this that he punched his basically his dealer? Yeah, I don't know. I it, just the just the mere statement of the story raises all sorts of questions. It sounds like a podcast, all an investigative podcast, all <laughs> in of itself, right? A true crime episode. Absolutely. To the bottom of that. I think at the bottom of Billy Martin punching a marshmallow salesman. Um, there you he, go. You know, we say put job in jeopardy. It might be both jobs. Um, uh, the marshmallow maybe. salesman not may not be able to work. Anyway, uh, 2009, uh, ninth football. Uh, ninth college football holy war notre dame beats boston college 20 to 16 in south bend uh, notre dame's first win in the series in nine years yeah uh i see that was what 1970 yeah so this was uh oh it's 2009 sorry uh yeah so boston college has these weird sort of like they get relevant for a brief period and then they kind of fall off the map um, I wonder, was that the, was that when Matt Ryan was there? That might've been, yeah, that's about the right time. That's about the right time. Um, Boston college, Boston college, a Catholic school. Yes. I don't think I realized that. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Shouldn't surprise me being in Boston that it's Catholic. That's right. Um, and they called it the Holy war. Hmm. Yeah. It, it feels like Notre Dame has a few of these different games. Like when Notre Dame has played Miami of Florida, they called yeah. it Catholics versus convicts. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. So. Are you looking up, uh, was Matt Ryan, the quarterback? No, I'm that? looking up more information on the Billy Martin story. But oh, oh, okay. We'll, we'll okay. circle I, back to it. I, w I was waiting. Uh, all right. Uh, 2018 Indian cricketer, Virat Kohli uh, becomes the 12th and the fastest ever to score 10,000 runs in one day uh, international at an international match, taking just 205 innings. That's, That's a lot of runs. That feels really impressive. <laughs> Absolutely. Really, really impressive. And 2022, for the first time in NBA history, four players, uh, John Morant, Bain, Katie, and Kyrie score 35 points in a non-overtime game. 
as the Grizzlies Grizzlies beat the Nets 134-124. That's a lot of points for a non-overtime game. Yeah, yeah, 35 points apiece. Hmm. All right, you ready for some uh, additional information? On the Billy, on the, on the Billy, Billy Martin. Martin, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yes, apparently uh, the marshmallow salesman was named Joseph Cooper. Sounds like he had it coming. And he, this happened during a barroom brawl in Minneapolis. <laughs> and he was, in fact, fired for this. Wow. Uh, and apparently this was not the, the first time uh, that he has been, that Billy Martin was accused of hitting a salesman. Previously, hmm. he had been accused of, of punching a real estate agent in a barroom brawl. So apparently he must have had the uh, this habit of of uh, fighting in bars after games. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a Billy Martin problem uh, and maybe not maybe provoked by the marshmallow salesman. Uh, yes, perhaps. Yes. Um, yeah, it's uh, he, he was he was a bit of a, a, a scrapper, you might say. Does it mention which company the marshmallow salesman sold marshmallows for? Uh, I do not see a mention of his uh, employer in this okay. particular news story that I'm looking at. Uh, let me look quickly at another one here. Um, yeah, uh, this is wild stuff. You know, baseball is kind of like the wild, wild west. Baseball is a lot of fun. Um, so are we going Billy Martin? For today. I think we I think I think we have to, right? Wow. Billy I, Martin I, punches marshmallow salesman. Yeah, I mean, come on. Come on. I, I think that's the that's the obvious here. All right. One thing you liked. All right. Uh so I actually called you and told you about this right after <laughs> yes. it happened. Yeah. Uh, but I was in the Indianapolis airport and I was sitting down to some dinner and uh a, a guy said it, you know, sat right next to me and I shook up a conversation with him. And uh, he, we initially got talking because he was a Jets fan. I'm a Jets fan. So we, so we talked about that for about 10 minutes, talked about the Mets, talked about all the things. And I finally asked him what he did. He goes, oh, I'm a CBS uh, uh, talent manager, I think is what he called himself. Okay. And so basically his job is to talk to, make sure everybody that is on camera is happy. Okay. Um, and so we're talking through like all the booths that CBS has. I was trying to guess the number one booth, the number two booth, the number three booth. And he's telling me all about the guys and everything. Well, the number and, one booth is obvious. That, that's Nansen Romo. Nansen Romo. Uh, and then uh, the number two play-by-play guy is, of course, Ian Eagle. No, no, no. no oh, Ian Eagle. not Burkhart. Okay. Burkhart's on Fox. He's that's the number right. one that's on right. Fox. Um, so... But uh, but yeah, it was it was a really fun conversation. And one piece of breaking news that I'll that I'll break right now. Um, <laughs> he mentioned that Jim Nance is retiring after this year, uh, and that and I don't I think that's been known. Uh, but the breaking news is that Ian Eagle is taking over the Masters for him. Wow! Which Oops, uh, you heard it here first. Remember that. When, which when, is when just he- which is just wild. You know, uh, 
anyway. Yeah, I don't I don't think of I mean I guess that makes sense. Um I like Iron Eagle. I think Iron Eagle's really good. I do too, but is he gonna bring the same kind of energy from like the world of basketball and football? To yeah, I, I don't know. Masters. Uh Nance can do it. You know, Nance does it really well. He goes back yeah. and forth pretty seamlessly. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I, I guess my only real exposure to Iron Eagle has been football and basketball, where there's a lot more uh, energy and excitement in the in the sort of uh, steady flow of the of of the competition, as opposed to golf, where there's a lot of you know a little bit more talking in hushed tones and <laughs> you know more like quiet conversation until there's you know some sort of like amazing shot, but. Until Tiger's on 16, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he he also told me a story. When he was first coming up in the business, uh, his boss looked at him and goes, who do you like? Who's somebody that, that, that you like out there? He goes, well, I really like Kevin Burkhart. He goes, the sideline reporter for the Mets? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't uh, think so. And lo and behold, where's Kevin Burkhart at now? He's number one for Fox with Greg yeah. Olson. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we could, we could probably, we could, I don't know that anybody would listen to it, but we could do a whole episode on announcers. Absolutely. You and I could easily do a whole episode on that. And that would totally, you know, root out all of our non sports fans immediately. But, and he, he looked at me, he was so kind. He looked at me and he goes, I love getting fans' opinions. He goes, Who don't you like? <laughs> Who do you Who'd think you I say? said? Joe Buck. Yeah. I, I am not a Joe Buck fan. Not a Joe Buck fan. Uh, now, I think what he did, and I told this guy this, during the pandemic, did you see Joe Buck did like, uh, uh, redid famous calls in like goofy ways or yeah. um, stuff like that? I thought that was a ton of fun and I'd love to see that side of Joe Buck more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just think he, he has a tendency to sort of this pious exaggeration of things like yeah when yeah randy mar when randy moss did what randy moss did and he goes what a what a horrifying and disgusting act all right well he faked mooned everybody i mean let's let's be real here yeah so yeah anyway anyway how do you feel about gus johnson i like gus yeah i like gus uh uh who's tessator i'm not a big tessator fan i can't stand joe tessator um he he gets way too excited about way too many things that are small and insignificant like give me a little bit more variety here like yeah you know don't get all fired up for a three-yard run you know like just relax you now know? have you watched joe tessator do uh holy moly uh the tv show no so he does he's the announcer for holy moly what is a okay. putt show yeah <laughs> Uh well, we are in danger of turning this episode into a discussion of podcasts yeah. or of uh, broadcasters. Though I will say one thing: over the weekend, uh, Gus Johnson gave Marvin Harrison a new nickname. Did you hear about this? No. What did he say? Maserati Marv. <laughs> and then others on social media were pointing out, well, the guy throwing it to him, his last name's McCord. So does that make him Honda McCord? Honda McCord. Yeah. Hmm. 
I don't know about Maserati Marv. That's not. I, I'm not sure. It doesn't that's roll. Best word. No. Doesn't roll off the tongue. No. Uh, I so the Jets running back, uh, Brees Hall. Uh, last year, I and Eagle gave him the nickname that has stuck. Brees Lightning. Brees Lightning. Uh, that, okay. And that's a good one. That's a good. Yeah. One. Yeah. Have you ever given someone a nickname that's stuck? I don't think so. I don't think I have. Okay. Not that I can remember anyway. I gave a kid on the basketball team a nickname that stuck. I feel pretty I feel I feel kind of proud of this one. <laughs> we had we had uh we had two kids with the same first name and it was just getting confusing. Yeah. Oh yeah. So the the last name of one of the kids was Nakasoni. Okay. And so I, I said, okay, we're going to call you Knox. And we're going to call the other kid by his first name. And that stuck through his whole high school career, as well as on into college. Because nice. he's actually a student at Grace. Nice. Um, well, there's the phone. All right. I'm just a busy, popular man here. I guess that's we, my we, sign to wrap things up. We are over time. You have not given yes. your one thing, though. I haven't. It's the Gut Check Podcast. Uh, the Gut Check Podcast. Uh, Ted Cluck hosts it. Uh, oh, yeah. So it's sort of the, the Happy Rant is no longer uh, a thing. So I've moved on to the Gut Check Podcast. I would really highly recommend that. A lot of laughs. Nice. Nice. All right, John. We have talked college football. We have teased episode 200. You don't want to miss that. It's coming. We, we have talked uh, brotherly affection and love. We have talked Billy Martin punching a marshmallow salesman. We have talked uh, John's encounter with a big wig at CBS. And we've talked about the Gut Check podcast. And so I think by definition, we have covered our various and sundry topics. So all that's left to say is, until next time, the Lord bless y'all real good. Later. Later.